Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Weekly Podcast with me, Peter Watson. I'm joined, as always, by my ex-colleague, friend and all-around genius, Ralph Hebgen. <laughs> hey there, Ralphie. How are you this week? Hey, Peter. I'm very good. Very good indeed. Marvellous. Marvellous. Um, so here we are for the 401st edition of this podcast oh Didn't wow quite so slightly went over the 400 mark there um but you know all good um aiming towards <clears throat> um a f- nice round 500 maybe some kind of uh i don't know celebration for the 500th i don't know but that's i think you should ahead. have i think you should have had a, a celebration for the 400th or the or, or the 401st one um, I'm, I mean, I'm expecting first. an invite <laughs> yeah yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, Buckingham Palace, maybe you know, something like that. Fireworks, you know. Um, why, anyway. why do you explicitly mention this? I would not expect anything, anything less from you. Well, of course, of course, of course. Yes. Anyway, Super. so this week, what a week! Uh, again, every week is an exciting week. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I I think that we wanted to start off with talking about energy. And I thought we'd start off with one of your favourite subjects uh-huh. um, is the so this is all about the um, sort of major step forward um, that that uh, that was announced this week in nuclear fusion. So oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'm always suspicious of what you're going to say when no. you announce my favourite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, most of them can't be repeated on here, but in this particular instance, I'm I leaving. think we're okay. <laughs> I have left the recording. Um, yeah, I, I think this is uh, you're, you're relating to a nuclear fu- fusion reactor mm-hmm. uh, recently being able to put some energy out, um, uh, like like a net yield, and and apparently mm-hmm. they were able to do this for hold it stable for something like uh, five seconds or so. And and of course, this is a super major breakthrough, if true. I mean, I haven't mm-hmm. actually looked through the details of it, not that I could necessarily even appreciate them technologically. But I do know that there are frequently uh, issues in the way in which this is reported, because there are there is an internal measure and an external measure. And mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, I'm not going to go into the details mostly because I don't understand them properly. But yeah. what we're talking about here is, is is a weird reactor called a tokamak reactor. Yep. And I just love that word because it sounds so so future science, yeah. science, so science yeah. fiction and stuff. When yeah. you see them, they're, they're basically um, well, they're, they're donuts. Yeah. They're shaped like a donut. Inside the donut is a plasma. Oh, a plasma. Donut. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm doing my Homer Simpson impression there. Oh, donuts. Sorry. I, I, I was. Sorry. Can't, I, can't. I, I, yeah, I, I can't, can't comment on this. No, no, yeah, sorry, very good. On, I'm going to call it a torus then. That's the oh, no, topographical. Take this, back, this is going to make the show a lot more boring, but hey, here we go. Yeah, so it's sorry. a torus. Yes. Which is a donut. And, yes. uh, and inside the donut is an ionized gas, and that is basically a plasma. Uh, and the, the, the plasma is heated up to the sort of uh, temperatures which you find uh, on the surface of the sun or thereabouts, which creates a problem. And of course, you know what the problem might be, because if this type of gas um, is going to 
come in contact with basically anything, it will melt it. And mm. because of that, you need very strong magnets to contain this mm. plasma inside this torus. Mm -hmm. um, and that has so far traditionally meant that the, uh, let's call them a reactor, the technology absorbed more energy than it was able to put out. Mm -hmm. And this is why this is such a big, big, big sort of news item, because apparently now what we're having is for the first time, uh, one of these uh, contraptions has actually succeeded in putting out more energy than it uh, than it took in. Mm -hmm. Just as a word of caution, there's an internal measure, an external measure here, and there is an internal measure which just basically would qualify as having net output, but that is not energy which can be actually fed into the national grid if these things ever come online. Mm -hmm. So um, bit of bit of caution, therefore, I don't know exactly what this yield relates to, but if indeed we're looking at a situation where one of these reactors was able to produce a net output, then we are indeed a step further down the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that this this is very, um, you know, it's it's it is pretty amazing. Um, but I mean, obviously, you you've always said, and and you know, because I have to say, I think the first time, honestly, that I heard um, about fuse this this was when you were talking about it a few uh, a few podcasts ago um but it's, it is fascinating stuff but um you know the 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 thing is this is that this has taken so long to get this far mm. um but you know the need is there right i mean yes you know, renewables have not have, have been proven now to not be sufficient this is no. why we've got things like I think I saw earlier today, um, uh, you know, Fre French uh, French President Macron um, talking about the construction of six new mm. um, nuclear reactors. Yeah. So he's you know he's taking a step there, um, and we need but we need and and you've got you know China and other places firing up their coal fired power stations and stuff, you know. It, we are not getting enough energy and um, I think the fact that the whole world or certainly the developed world is going towards um, um, electric vehicles, mm. the, the pressure on the power generation infrastructure is going to continue to get more and more and more. And it's not just like one country. So then they can sort of ship in or, you know, import loads. Everywhere is going to be doing it. So everywhere, yeah. the the, the um, energy demand is going to be huge oh, everywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, energy demands are only going to go up. Mm. And it's a bit of a, a tight spot we're finding ourselves in because nuclear energy may not have been the, well, let's put it, let's say least scary of energy sources in the world. Yeah. But they have proven uh, to be safe over the 40 50 years that we've had them mm. and unfortunately public pressure and also um yeah mostly public pressure and, and political uh, awareness has meant that most countries have well reduced at least reduced or in 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 fact even cancelled their nuclear mm. energy programs mm. and this is of course now coming at a time when 
we're almost experiencing the perfect storm. On the one hand, we cannot continue fire coal mm. uh, be because we need to combat global warming. And on the other hand, new technologies designed to be environmentally friendly, unfortunately, also will entail an increased usage of electricity, an mm. increased demand for electricity. Mm. One word which is, of course, on everybody's lips is electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. But it's not just that. There was... Um, as we all know, blockchain and, and crypto mining, mm, the mm. mining of cryptocurrency used up a huge amount of electricity. Now, I just want to say immediately that this is wasteful usage of electricity and the new sort of blockchains where, I'm not going to go into the detail here basically, but the, the, the proof of work is not going to be done by cryptocurrency mining, but by a different process, which, reduce, which reduces the energy consumption mm -hmm. of it. So that's the answer there. But of course, as technology is going to be uh, developing to an even more crucial part of our lives this decades, electricity demands are going to only rise. So mm. where are we? We're in the, in, in the tight spot where we have unwound nuclear energy programs mm -hmm. mm. we haven't got fusion yet but of course the alternative energy sources are and have never been sufficient to to um, to breach the gap mm. and so I'm, I'm sort of hopeful that we can well pull out of the dive so to speak and and fusion will be available early enough um, mm. to well <laughs> To be there when when the when 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 the very high demand for electricity is mm. really cutting in, mm. and I'm saying this in a halting kind of voice because we are still about 20 years away from fusion to be a viable mm. source of energy, which is going to feed energy into the national grid. Mm. I mean, the thing is, I was saying earlier, you know, when we were discussing this, um, that actually, you know, if enough. Um, countries developed you know rich nations need something um it seems mm. to be it be able to get developed very very quickly so i mean my my example was um the coronavirus vaccines for instance i yeah. mean i remember you know at the beginning everyone was saying you know everyone knows how long it takes to to it takes years to um get a vaccine usually but we managed to do it in essentially six or so months, um, yeah. you know, to get something out there. And I think that the reason for that, or one of the reasons, was because everywhere mm -hmm. concentrated their efforts and their money and their expertise to the same thing at the same time. And I think that that massively accelerated the process. And I think that it's it is possible um, that if enough rich countries f feel that they can't um, sustain themselves on an energy, you know, from an energy perspective, that they will come together and will, you know, make this work. Mm. Um, yep. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, yes, it looks like it could be 20 years. Could it be less? I think it could be if everyone did put in the same amount of effort at the same time. 
But whether they will well, or not, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I again, I don't really look into the technological difficulties here, but with fusion energy, apparently this has been such a long and perilous ride because the obstacles are apparently gargantuan and very difficult to overcome. So so I, I, I would think, however, that, as you said, I mean, when the technology was basically developed, I think, about 50 years ago, and the first of these, um, uh, let's, let's call them donut reactors, was being started uh, to, to be constructed in France, I, I think that was 40 years ago. Mm. And therefore, at that time, the global energy squeeze was by no means as intimidating as it is now. Mm. Um, and so therefore, I, I, I think to your point, we are getting into a situation where the demands, the the need, the, the, the requirement to develop fusion technology is going to be ever more clearly felt mm. uh, and, and and from that point of view I think it's there, there there's going to be very clear incentive and motivation for the uh, wealth wealthy nations to come together and, and work on this I think the um, the timing of this it, it, it's scheduled to 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 begin fusion experiments uh, the uh, plant which is being built in France by 2025 mm. so that's the sort of. I mean, it, it, it's not, it's, it's not next uh, next century or whatever. But these are experiments, and mm. and so what what I'm talking about is the first fusion reactor, which is actually going online, feeding electricity in the various national grids, mm. and that is, I think, currently uh, expected to happen by 2050 or 2040 or so. Mm. Mm. God, I mean, it's, it's it's really it is really exciting stuff, and w- wouldn't it be great if if it you know they could harness it soon, you know sooner rather than later um you know, hopefully well, within our, the, our um, the the technology is being developed and the um funding is going to is going into this field mm. because re- recently we've seen news flow on fusion uh, energy accelerating a lot more I mean, the, the, for, for a long time, there wasn't really much going on. Mm. Uh, you, you had some sort of newspaper article every whatever five years. Mm-hmm. And so just recently in the last two years, I've seen something in the press. Mm. I mean, or in the specialized sort of technological f- physics magazines, which sadly these, I uh, look at. Are these uh, uh, those, those dodgy magazines that you get yeah, on top yeah, of? Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the ones the, I the, can't the, reach, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The ones I had to take a run up to go and get, but yeah. Yeah, well, you, indeed. Yeah, sorry. sorry yeah. <laughs> All I wanted to say is that there's yeah. a lot of news flow in these. Yeah. And basically over the last six months, there was, there was, there was a five or six different um, uh, different uh, articles on breakthroughs in the field. I mean, yeah. the, the, the Tokamak uh, technology is not the only technology there competing ones but anyway i'm i'm hopeful and as you say with a lot of motivation which clearly the energy framework the situation in which we're in provides maybe we're going to get there more quickly i think for now the initiatives which macron is doing are the right ones Uh, we need to build more nuclear reactors smaller uh, more efficient ones 
which is of course also something that current technology allows us to do. Hmm. So there we go. Um, a bit of a bit of uh, bit of fusion for you. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, let's stay on the subject of energy and talk about. There's something that came out this week that was just you know it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all a, so right so everyone is <laughs> knows that the oil companies have been making an absolute killing um yeah. over the last year or so um okay they had that <clears throat> a nightmare over tw- in 2020 when it all when it all went pear-shaped but it's bounced back more than strongly um to the extent that you've got uh companies like bp um, announcing the best profits for eight years You've got Total, um, which is um, also announced, you know, best uh, quarterly profits for God knows how long. It's announcing a two billion, a two billion dollar buyback share buyback. You know, it's going really well for them. And so um, there are increasing calls um, from especially the Lib Dems, Labour, saying, look, let's have a windfall tax, which is essentially a one off tax. Um, that is that is used to I don't know deploy elsewhere because um, it's taxing um, the oil companies who've done particularly well so that they can perhaps maybe use the money for um, to help pay people's bills for instance yeah. you know utility yeah. bills um, and funnily enough I know <laughs> that and and obviously I hope everyone listening to this is sitting down. The oil companies don't like this. They don't I want can't believe to get it. more tax. They don't want to pay more tax. Um, and the the oil regulator is also against a windfall tax. And they even go to the extent to, to say that this is not right because it means that um, investors will be scared off and that um, investment in new technologies will not. Uh, occur because maybe because people uh, investors will think well we don't want to invest in UK oil and gas because you never know when you're going to have to pay windfall tax so yeah <laughs> but that's what they're saying at the moment and there is a resistance to it but what what do you think about that well um, there are lots of things which I think about that um, f- f- first of all I think that it would be right to tax uh, the oil companies um, with a with a special tax, not non-recurrent, you, you know, um, uh, tax now, mm-hmm. because because obviously, I mean, it just goes back to something we said last time. Yeah, uh, we, we're basically saying there that it is okay to tax those who are richer in an economy and wealthier, mm-hmm. because tax is basically redistribution of income. Yeah, and last time we were saying it's perfectly fine if if the if wealthy people would have to uh, put their hands in their pockets just this year or maybe for two years, and then we ease the burden on those demographics in the society who have less money. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense, and the same idea is prevalent here. I mean, yeah. it's, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, you tax those companies who are the rare benefactors from the mm-hmm. current situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody else loses out. Mm. The cost of living crisis, we discussed it last week, mm. is, is rampant and is very real. And it is, uh, of course, also going to be an issue for the stock market as a whole. It mm. is, is not just an issue for, for people. It's also 
an issue for stock market valuations. Mm -hmm. So so I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with this from mm -hmm. an ethical point of view. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, listening to the argument that um, it would perhaps not be an expedient thing to do because investors would scare off. Now, I don't buy that because if the idea is that investors might not be attracted to these industries because they can they never know when they're going to pay a windfall tax mm. well the windfall tax is not a recurrent thing the windfall tax is only going to come in let's say this year if it came in this year at a time that energy prices are at an all-time high i mean i've not really seen energy prices that high in the last 20 30 years mm, mm. and so if indeed it was the volatility let, let's be clear on this it's the volatility which is in focus here not the level of the energy prices it has to come down and then spike up again before mm. investors would be reasonable in expecting another windfall tax mm, and mm. i don't think that's a reasonable expectation investors are not going to think that's a reasonable expectation mm. So, so, so that's my comment on that one. And I have a third one, would you believe it? <laughs> because even if investors were reasonable in expecting recurrent windfall taxes to combat um, recurrently high, record high energy prices, even if that was the case, mm -hmm. then the oil companies and the energy companies would reserve for this and then it would be in the share price. Right. In yes. a very, very similar way, if not identical to the tobacco industry. I mean, the tobacco mm. industry has lived with the uh, threat of, well, the, the, not just the threat, the reality of litigation for decades. Mm. And that has not spooked investors because mm. the tobacco companies just basically had a reserve for litigation cost. It mm. was in the share price. And then investors just basically looked at uh, earnings net off the mm. Um, net of the annual requirement to add or release from this particular lit litigation reserve. Yeah. And so it, it will, so basically it would be the same here, but it's not going to be because I don't believe we can expect that the current volatility in energy prices is going to be something that is going to stay. And mm. therefore, I don't think these arguments are anything but basically smoke screens to divert from the... I believe very reasonable requirement or demand uh, for the oil industry to pay a windfall tax once in order to ease uh, the social burden of energy prices. Mm. Tricky one, tricky one. I mean, you know, but at the moment it looks like it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, you well. know, I don't know. I think it's such an easy win. I mean, I reckon. So, for instance, if they I think that for the government could potentially turn around sentiments in an instant by, uh, let's say, getting Sajid Javid is to uh, replace, um, uh, you know, to, to, to replace Boris Johnson and then to um, do a one-off windfall tax. Um, I mean, so you get someone who's not from Eton in the hot seat um <laughs> someone who's got experience and you know has got decent experience so can hit the ground running plus um you got the crowd pleaser thing of you know the um windfall tax so 
I don't know. I think they could, uh, the, the sentiment could turn around in an instant if that happens. And there's such, there's the biggest excuses there are out there. You know, for diehard conservatives, it will, it will be going, oh, no, we can't do things like that. We don't do that. That's not in our DNA. When you're thinking, well, <laughs> you, you, pretty, you know, conservatives have pretty much nationalised the, the railways now. Um, you know, loads of money has been going out. The, the, the debt has been going up. So why not just add this? You know, why not put this on it as well? You might as well. Um, so, so, yeah. Well, I yeah, I... I... I can't. I, I don't really understand the resistance to it so much. Uh, these are exceptional times in which we live, and it is, I think, not not particularly bizarre. Ralph, to Ralph, Ralph, use the word. Use the word. This is what, the what time. word. What word? Unprecedented. Right. Oh. That is the word of 2020, oh, where God. I try to resist. But you know what? I mean, I have not used that word for a long time. So why don't we just dust it down and then just use it just for today? Oh, I, I, I forgot about that word. <laughs> yeah, the U word. Yeah, the U word. The unprecedented frequency of the word yeah. unprecedented has yes. been discovered. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I didn't want to use it. and Now I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> um, yes, what I, I wanted to say is that it makes a lot of sense. Because also, I mean, look, there's one other thing here, actually. Uh, the... Um, you you mentioned it earlier. Just um, I, I just remember it now. Uh, Total, I think, did a share buyback mm. of two billion dollars. Mm. Now, if you think about it, if the oil industry or the energy industry in general is basically saying, well, we can't actually do a windfall tax because that would lower the cash which we have available for reinvestment. Mm. Well, if that really was an issue, then would, you, you wouldn't actually give cash back to investors. Mm. You know, this is the always, always the choice which management has. Mm, Do you, mm. um, okay, even if you can increase the dividend over and above that, do you use cash to reinvest in your business and to fund mm. future earnings growth? Mm. Or do you give it back to investors in mm. a buyback? In a sense that a company which chooses to give cash back to investors, you can mm. argue that company does not identify mm -hmm. sufficient growth opportunities mm. to use that cash um, internally. Mm. So if I see that the companies are giving it back to investors, then, well, I mean, basically you could use that to to pay a windfall tax. Exactly. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I mean, from an equity analyst point of view, of course, this is not the same. If you give it back to investors, then, you know, you, you, you increase the valuation of the company mm -hmm. by, by, by doing so. If you pay a tax, that is just simply a cost. Mm. But I come back to this. These are unprecedented times. Hey. And, yeah. uh, and I think in the context of where we are now, uh, it it, it would, would be entirely reasonable and pragmatic to put a windfall tax on the oil industry. Windfall mm. taxes have been done before, uh, as, as we discussed. Uh, banks had to pay them. Uh, there was an in, in increased band of income tax on 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 the um, on uh, well on people I think who earned more than one hundred fifty thousand pounds several mm. years ago. So these things, there is form for this. There is. Um, there are, there, are, there are precedence cases. Now, I can't actually not use this word in all its shapes or forms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and uh, and there we are. So I, yeah. I, I think it would be a good way, a, a, a good way or a good, um, well, a contributor to getting to, to easing the crisis. I yeah, don't think it would enough, get us yeah. out of the crisis, but it would no. certainly ease the crisis. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So moving on from that, um, again, let's talk about your possibly your second favorite subject uh after fusion i don't like and this and that's luxury oh god i'm getting <laughs> such a bad rap here on this show what fusion and luxury oh i think it's all right it's not bad oh, I mean, fair enough. um because you know i mean obviously you you, you live a lavish <laughs> lifestyle uh... okay, this is not true can i just <laughs> national disclaimer it's not true this man cannot be trusted <laughs> Please carry on. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so I, I just thought it was really interesting to see that the luxury end of the market is continuing to do well. We've got Chanel um, uh, with their, you know, putting up prices of their handbags and things by $3,000, um, <laughs> which is amazing. I think, you know, they say that it's it's because of the craftsmanship and the raw materials prices. And maybe maybe that accounts for a tiny bit of it, but really... I think they just charge what they think they can get away with and, yeah, you know, good yeah, on them. Yeah, um, so, um, so Chanel's doing that. We've, we, this is something that we've seen. Uh, so LVMH has been doing really well. Burberry has been doing really well. Um, we also, there was some, um, uh, you know, the latest news out from watches of Switzerland, um, which again, stellar mm. results um, yeah. from there. Um, and then, you know, L'Oreal, so you know cosmetics uh you know cosmetics also doing really well so it seems to me that um it's not all doom and gloom out there uh especially if you've got loads of money um, <laughs> funny uh, that particularly if you've got loads of money although yes. of course money can't we all know that money can't buy happiness you can still cry tears of joy in your ferrari um, I think so. <laughs> I just, <laughs> so I think that um, that yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because obviously this is the other end uh, of the scale, mm, and yeah. I I really feel that um, as we are at the moment, um, I think anything exposed to luxury, so at one end, mm. and to um, uh, being um, sensible with money you know uh yeah, yeah. cautious yeah. with money at the other yes. is going to do very well because mm. i think that um uh you know a lot of people are going to be looking very much more closely at things like how much does their food bill cost you know their mm. food shop yeah. cost well, of course. Yeah. um and are they again is this now is this the time when people are going to start really drastically reducing their subscriptions to you know, to, to, I don't know, streaming, streaming services. They're going to just have mm -hmm. Apple one, you know, Apple and then Spotify, or are they going to do, you know, Netflix, um, Amazon prime, um, you know, though that sort of thing. So anyway, my point is, is that, um, you know, at the one end, the luxury end, everything's going incredibly well, including things like private jets, yachts, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, things at the bottom end that I think that the things in terms of shops um, and uh, anything. So the discounters like Lidl, Aldi, mm -hmm. they will, they will all do for, I would think they're going to do incredibly well and claw back um, 
uh, market share that that was taken from them over over you know over the, the lockdown etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's going to be a lot of stuff in the mid- you know <clears throat> people in the middle who are also going to be feeling the pinch and it's not so obvious but they will be feeling the same thing I think. So what what do you think? No, I, I, absolutely. I mean, this is, of course, why we are heading into a time of comparative low growth and um, austerity again, mm, basically, mm. because nobody can afford to buy anything. Well, when I say nobody, that is, of course, pointedly excluding the demographic um, which which you referred to, which is mm. luxury goods. It's actually it's actually. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a word for this in the economics. It's called an anomalous demand, which okay. I've always found very funny because the, 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 the more the good costs, the more yeah. it is in demand. Yeah. Yeah, this is very odd, but it's uh, you know, weird watches and expensive cars and stuff. In fact, I, I have an anecdote for this, which I can perhaps briefly, briefly narrate. I was mm. um, with my wife at, at, at Harrods. This is not the other day. This is like 10, 15 mm. years ago or so. Was well, this your like, corner shop, isn't it? I mean, just go uh, down there. And, and again, and yeah. again, here we go. <laughs> Violins come out. Uh, they go again. Yeah, oh, and here we are, back <laughs> in the room. So I, I, I was at Harrods with my wife, and my yeah. wife was looking at handbags. Um, and it was Christmas time coming up. And, I, and she was looking at this particular range of handbags. And, and, I, and I thought, oh, you know, they're all very small. This is not going to cost the world. So I basically said to her, oh, well, we can certainly afford this. I mean, Christmas is coming up, you know. And, and, and she looked at me like... What a nice her. guy you are. What a nice, what a lovely man you are. Anyway. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't deserve the constant criticism coming from... Uh, from from Peter Watson. No, no, no. there's no, no exactly right. So she was looking at me, startled, and she said, "No, honey, this is terrible. Don't don't go there. Don't. This is out of the question." And I thought, "Well, how do you mean? How much can this be? Like five hundred quid? This is bad enough, of course, for a handbag. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's not going to be any more in this Christmas." Mm. So I basically said to the person behind the counter, "Could you show me this handbag? How how much are they?" Mm. And she said, "There'll be fifty thousand pounds, sir." £50,000 for a handbag. Wow. You know, and just enjoy the silence from me. I mean, for once, I was speechless. Absolutely astonishing. It was just some weird leather, which I've now (laughs) learned was ostrich leather or something. Didn't even look particularly good, I didn't think. Anyway, so um, that was the... um, anecdote and from since then i know that stuff like that exists and it's that sort of end of the of, of the retail market which is yeah. surprisingly going very well my theory mm, is that mm. people who have that sort of money are certainly not squeezed by energy prices their no. discretionary income is sky high as it is mm-hmm. But now they have even less opportunity to do something with it because there was the pandemic and so they just buy more stuff mm. It's weird, isn't it? In a way, you sort of think, God, if you just gave a bit of that to people that needed it, I mean, it would make such a... Is, yeah, I mean, in the, the in the end, in the end, we have that, of course. Yeah. I mean, this is the idea behind um, behind progressive tax. Ta- yeah. uh, sorry, behind progressive tax systems, mm. uh, the, the wealthier pay pay more, and this mm. is, of course, the case. Of course, you might argue that. 
uh, our tax, our progressive tax system here in the UK is not progressive mm. enough, and 40% upper band is not enough. There, mm. there should be more. There should be higher bands for the wealthier, etc. But 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 you're right. I mean, absolutely. But how, can, okay, now now we're going off board. I mean, in the UK, mm. of course, there's a lot of what I would call a private redistribution sector, and that mm. is the charity sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and 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 so that does exist. But anyway, so I I wanted to talk to your point of the low end of the market mm -hmm. i mean the discounters are absolutely clearly going to do very well because yeah. i mean there is a demographic of course which will who, who will shop at the at, at the littles and aldis of this world anyway mm -hmm. but now they're going to be people who whose discretionary incomes are going to be eroded by higher energy costs and this is very real we discussed it last week and they are going to have to do something mm. and of course one thing is to reduce your your grocery bill yeah and definitely. you're going to do this by going to these yeah uh retailers but then of course the other thing which you can do and this is also you you alluded to this people will just tighten the belt people mm. will look for ways where their household expenses are flexible mm. which means like for example if i'm if i've got netflix and amazon prime mm. well maybe i only need netflix or one of mm. them mm. And, and and of course this is going to have an overall adverse impact on the economy and that is when I don't know where the dynamics are going to go, mm. because at the same time, we're coming out of the pandemic now, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And that should at least provide some um, counterforce as, as, as people mm. are going out more and are going to enjoy themselves more and are spending a little bit more money in the economy. Yeah. Fair enough. Mind you, though, we all know that there's there's one subscription that you definitely do not want to be cutting down on. Do you know what that is? Uh, the, the new scientist. No, no. Uh, no sorry. What, Watson's Daily. <laughs> oh, Watson's Daily. <laughs> come. Oh, come on. I thought you were going to see that one coming. <laughs> I didn't because that has become unaffordable as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, it. Yeah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> you're, putting this, you're putting this on the old, uh, uh, putting this up there, right up there with the Chanel handbags, right? <laughs> well, finally, I got one in. I mean, I've, I've, I've got it as a note here. Uh, you know, get that one in. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway. But, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. no, I think it's, it's amazing. Uh, we're going to see this. I have um, I kind of referred to this, I think, at points during the week. By the way, sometimes it's, I, I would just reassure um, uh, listeners, I'm not going senile. Uh, I mean, I am obviously getting older by the day, as we all are. Uh, but my problem is, is that when I when I talk when I um, talk to ambassadors before we do the weekly uh, the daily podcasts, um, we have we talk about all sorts of things, and then we choose what we're going to talk about, right? So anyway, my point is that I believe that um, we are going to, uh, you know, that that uh, that I believe that. Um, Although the travel companies like uh, TUI or the airlines like EasyJet, Ryanair, um, Wizz Air, etc. say, yes, the second half's going to be great. We're looking forward to it. Bookings are up. It's all good. I actually think that, you know, there is a definite possibility that they're for huge disappointments because I think that people will cancel and they're going to be able to cancel because over COVID, 
these cancellation policies got a lot more relaxed compared to what they used to be. So people are going to be kicking their, um, uh, you know, their holiday later and later and maybe into next year. Um, and because people will, as they go through and we, we go through and they get their first utilities bills and, mm. and, 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 you know, other price rises and the fuel fuels keep, you know, fuel, uh, petrol prices continue to be expensive, et cetera. They're going to go, actually, do you know what? Maybe we'll just cancel it or, you know, postpone. And then in the meantime, we will, you know, do a, a bit of staycation or if we don't even do that, Maybe we'll just go to restaurants, you know, go to a, a couple of nice restaurants or a couple yeah. of days out, perhaps, you know, like um, theme parks or whatever, and, uh, and and leave it at that and then just make sure that we have, a, a, a you know, enough money for next year. But well, it, it will be, you know, uh, absolutely. It, uh, it will be interesting to see how um, businesses react to this current situation, because there's, mm-hmm. of course, something called el- elasticity. Yes, of income, which um, of course everybody knows is uh, you may lower your prices, and because you lower your prices, you sell more units, mm. and that's going to give you more revenue in the end than sticking with the price or increasing the price and selling less units. Mm. And and so so perhaps there is going to be something here where Tui and other in in, in the in the air travel industry and the hotel industry realize that there is a pent up demand ready to come out for holidays, for restaurants, um, for basically demand in the catering industry overall, uh, which is pent up because it was basically bottled up for two years. I mean, people are really ready to have a holiday again. Mm. And uh, it is, of course, possible at least to see that maybe the discounters in that field, the TUIs and others, are perhaps going to lower their prices in order to enable people to demand or or catch the demand, which otherwise they would just lose. Mm, So I I, I don't know what the answer to this is. Um, Mm. I mean, overall, it is clear. What's the answer to this, Ralph? uh, (laughs) Funnily enough, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, um, the... Yes, it is clear to me that 2020 is going to be a year of subdued um, economic 2020. growth. 2020. Uh, sorry, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> that, that was, I was going to say that uh, 2020, it was, it was a bit bad, yeah. wasn't it, 2020? But Living behind let's, let's the times. 20, let's, let's talk about 2022. All right. <laughs> Being dragged screaming into the new year, 2022. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. So anyway, it's going to be a lower economic activity for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because also, I mean, we've, we've not really talked about the global environment or, or the, the national environment, but just quickly, Everybody knows how this is going to work. Inflation is going to stay high. Inflation might even rise. Central banks are going to have to increase interest rates. And that's, of course, going to mean uh, that, um, you know, keeping your money such as you have in the savings account Mm, is going mm. to be more attractive. So all of these are, of course, counteracting trends to the dynamic, which I have also alluded to, saying that people are ready to spend money in the economy. Well, Mm. That may all be true, but then obviously the more you spend, the more inflation you're going to have. And we are just currently in a bit of a tight spot. Mm. Uh, 
so I'm going to say, yes, you, you, you're right. I'm, I think in the retail industry, absolutely, the discount is going to benefit. Luxury end of the market is going to stay strong. But it's, it's, it's the bits in the middle which are going to be more difficult to predict. But I would not mm. be surprised if there were lots of companies who are going to perhaps lower their prices or offer packages in order to scoop up the demand, which they know is there and mm. which otherwise just will not materialize because people can't afford to mm. well, to do anything to go abroad or to go to restaurants or to pubs um, mm. as much as they would otherwise want to. Mm. So there we go. I mean, we've 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 talked uh, we've talked fusion, we've talked uh, we've talked um, a tax, you know, uh, windfall taxes, and we've also talked about luxury. I mean, where else can you go? to talk about those yes and we even got a statement of the ceo of watson's daily (laughs) that he is not going senile yeah i know it's amazing although you you could talk you were you were talking about 2020 so you know Let's get some perspective on this. Uh, but anyway, no. another, uh, another uncomfortable spot in the conversation, which I wish to move on from. Oh no, good. Well, it's good. I think I think I think we styled that out quite well. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, right. Well, look. Um, always a massive pleasure uh, to chat with you. Um, honestly, Ralph. Always good laugh. Um, I hopefully, um, hopefully. The listeners also enjoy this. Well, that's um, the thing. Hopefully, and, indeed. Yeah. And uh, anyway, just like to say thank you very much once again um, uh, to, to you um, for doing this podcast uh, on a weekly basis. Um, but also, uh, real thanks again for the listeners to continue to listen to this and to listen to us. And hopefully you learn um, or and or are even entertained um, slightly um, by this. So that's that's fantastic. But anyway, thank you very much. Um, have a great weekend and uh, we'll be back again uh, very soon. Many thank thanks. you, everybody. And thank you, Peter. See you then. Bye. Bye.